Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone. My name is Jack Rico, and welcome to episode 148 of the Highly Relevant Podcast, a show about how Latinx pop culture is reshaping mainstream entertainment. My guest this week is actor Cristian Chavez, former member of the musical phenomenon RBD. Cristian has a new Telemundo super series out called La Suerte de Loli, where he plays Matias, a clever and openly gay assistant who is having problems in his marriage. Pues es que piensas que todo estaba bien, Arturo. Cuando me has visto tomar una cerveza, piensas que me va a poner panzón? Además, a ver, ¿cuántas veces hablamos en el desayuno? Y del sexo ni siquiera hablemos. We discuss identity, language, fame, depression, and a possible RBD reunion. But before I talk with Cristian, it's time I give you my weekly review of what's happening in Latinx pop culture in a segment I like to call Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie, TV, and music news of the week. Netflix is already developing a GameStop movie starring Noah Centeno, Jennifer Lopez to star and produce in the action movie The Mother at Netflix, Demi Lovato to star in NBC's comedy Hungry, John Leguizamo joins the new board of directors at the Museum of American Latino. According to Nielsen, Wonder Woman 1984 was the most watched streaming movie Christmas week 2020 with 15 million views. Netflix show On My Block is renewed for a fourth and final season. Director Alex de la Iglesia shooting a rom-com road trip called El Cuarto Pasajero. Scarface's Stephen Bauer will star in My Dead Dad, and Sony Picture Classics have picked up the rights to the film Jackie co-starring Clifton Collins Jr. and Moises Arias. And in tech and social media news, WhatsApp is using status messages that look like Instagram stories. Spotify wants to suggest songs based on your emotions. Apple could be bringing back the Touch ID. Netflix is testing a timer feature on Android devices that stops streaming after a set period. And Facebook is reportedly planning newsletter tools after its explosion in popularity. I first remembered knowing of Cristian Chavez when his telenovela Clase 406 started picking a buzz around 2002. I tuned in for curiosity and what I wasn't expecting was to be witnessing the creation in real time of a musical phenomenon called RBD. After 15 million albums sold worldwide, sold out tours and three number one hits on the Hot Latin Songs chart for a span of five years, Chavez is now focusing on acting in his role as Matias on Telemundo's new show, La Suerte de Loli. I cannot explain how, how happy I am. I'm, I'm so happy. I think it's, uh, it's, it's something that people 
it's needing because uh, it's a it's a comedy, it's a romantic comedy. But it, you know, it's been like a rough year, and this beginning of the year is it hasn't been that relaxed uh, either. But um, I think it's gonna be great. I think I hope people really liked it, and I'm I'm really excited. So, Christian, the name of the next, uh, I, I don't even know how to, how, are these novellas? Are these uh, super series? I mean, there's so many labels to, to, to figure out what the new genre of storytelling is in, 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 in Spanish language media in the United States. What exactly is this? Well, I think it's a super, uh, super serious, like you said. Um, It's wonderful because of, uh, yeah, it's like 100 episodes, but at the same time, it's a long series. But mm -hmm. at the same time, the quality is really amazing. It's like a, a cinema quality. So I All think right. that's the name, a super series, yes. Okay, and what is now wrong with the word telenovela? Does that now have a stigma? Does nobody want to hear that word anymore or what? I guess so. I guess people think that uh, the telenovelas there have this like overacting and overdramatic reactions to everything. And right. uh, well, it's not that. Uh, but yeah, I think it, there's a stigma on the on the on the telenovela. Yes. Right, right. So now you play Matias and uh -huh. tell me a little bit more about him. Um, we know that this guy is super authentic, you know, that he's ambitious, but he's very He loves celebrities. He loves the media business. He loves the entertainment business. Uh, but yeah. one of the things that Matias didn't want to do is he's gay, but he didn't want to play gay with stereotypes. He hates those stereotypes. So explain to me what these stereotypes that Matias does not like within the show. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's very amazing how um, they, they wrote this character because for me, it was really important as a gay actor also to uh, play a role that is not um, um, just uh, like, uh, you know, that people think that just because uh, somebody's gay, you need to act like a woman or you need to do certain things that it's not always the same, you know, it's not always the same mm -hmm. for, for everyone. Uh, there's different types of, of, of gays and lesbians and uh, transgenders and you have to get to know those things. And there's some people that they don't like to be like, uh, to have a label on them. So mm -hmm. uh, Matias is a wonderful character because he's been uh, married to his husband for five years. He's um, an architect, a really famous architect. And the problem with Matias is that he, uh, he's come to a, a point on his life that he doesn't feel like he's doing nothing uh, bigger than what, what, he, what his um, uh, husband is doing. His husband is doing well, he's paying for mm -hmm. everything, and he's still, uh, he's still being uh, Loli's assistant. So there's gonna be a little bit of drama there because he, he, he doesn't know what, what's the next step because his mm -hmm. husband wants to adopt the kids and he doesn't feel like he wants to. All these uh, subjects and, and, and things that we're talking in the in the in the in the series, it's it's really uh, something different, you know. Before people used to struggle with uh, the thing and the idea of the gay characters just being out and being the, themselves. But now we're talking about <laughs> adopting. We're talking about the marriage of five years, 
So I think it's wonderful that, that Telemundo is doing also this, that talk about the real uh, um, thing. You know, it's fantastic because in Spanish language media, I, I also grew up watching it. And, you know, one of the problems, I, th I think the criticisms against Spanish language media today and the way they cast is that a gay character isn't the lead of a super series or a telenovela historically. Uh, I was watching the trailer. There's still no black people within the show. Uh, I know that this is not the reality of America or of Mexico or of the world. There are black people. There are very many shades of color. Uh, what do you think Spanish language media is so afraid of putting someone of a dark skin in front of the camera, either as a lead? You don't see too many of them. It's not that it's never happened, but it's so rare. Why is that? Well, you know what? Uh, I think we, we uh, in the La Suerte de Loli, we have a character, which his name is Romeo, uh, and he's Dominican, and he's a great actor, and, and he, he's uh, black, and he's amazing. I just think that it's not that they're afraid. I, I just think that um, sometimes the the casting, uh, sometimes they don't, for example, uh, a lot of the cast of uh, La Suerte de Loli is Mexican. So in Mexico, we don't have a lot of, uh, of people from of color. We have more like, uh, you know, like a darker skin, but... I don't think they're afraid. It's just like, I think they have to find the, the right character. But I think they're opening. I mean, like, as I, as I said, like doing this character and talking about this kind of like gay adoption and foster parenting and all this, those things are, are really like uh, amazing, you know? So I think it's, it's, it's changing little by little. And I think they're waiting for the story. I mean, also Jamie Jamie Osorio is in the in the series. Uh, she's an amazing actress and she's so beautiful. She was and in right Celia, yeah. Start another series with Telemundo, which the name is Armas de Mujer. So I think they're doing it. It's it's happening. Yes, for sure. It's happening slowly, but it's happening. Yeah. Um, there's there's you know you were born in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so you're an American. Uh, yeah. But most of your career, from what I've uh, researched really takes place in the Spanish language media uh, center. And, you know, it, it really creates sort of this question about identity and how people feel. Um, and my question, I guess, more to you would be, if you're born in America, you have the ability, the, the, the superpower, essentially, to be bilingual, to be bicultural, um, and to be able to work in both. Yet, you don't work too much within the United States, within the Hollywood system, within the language of English. And I'm just scratching my head. This guy could do it. He speaks English, <laughs> the global figure. You can do whatever you want. So why not Hollywood? Why are you only working in Spanish? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, I think it's about life and it's about what uh, it comes to you. I, uh, my dream hasn't been always uh, to be in Hollywood, to be honest. Uh, my dream is just to uh, make wonderful characters and uh, if life wants to take me to Hollywood or to Brazil which I already work there uh, I can I can go whenever the life wants to take me I, I don't get like really obsessed on oh my god I want to go to Hollywood and right now I, I should do that uh, I just like let uh, the life flow and of course I would love to do but I think that's sometimes uh, 
I I I believe in in in, in there's always a motive. No, there's always yeah. uh, why things happen. For you, um, identity obviously is a key thing. We saw in the Capitol riots uh, that identity, or at least white identity, is a huge thing. Um, so many Latinos today are are using the term Latinx, but there's been research and studies done that only 3% of Latinos in the United States, which is about 60 million percent of the population, don't really refer to Latin X. Yet Latin X was made for people who don't believe in a binary gender process. How do you identify, Christian? Well, I I identify as Mexican American, uh, as a gay fellow, <laughs> and as a happy <laughs> person. Yes. Uh, so no Latin X. I, I love about Matias also is that I I don't like the the you know, the branding and being like, well, I'm this or this or this. I think as a human, I'm a human dude. So I can be whatever I want to be. And that's about freedom also. And I think I totally respect what people think and when they want to uh, put themselves in, in a shelf or in a certain um, way, or they want to talk about them in a certain way. But for me, it's about that freedom of being who I want to be. And that's, that's for me the best. Switching over to the musical side of you, you obviously were one of the biggest groups uh, in the world in uh, RBD. I was there, I saw Clase 406. I remember watching that and then like two years later, it just exploded into the scene. And I remember being in New York at the upfronts of Telemundo at the Lincoln Center where you guys performed for that. And it was oh, yeah. just bananas. I believe it was like 2006, somewhere around there. Yeah, um, my hair was blue, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Your hair has gone through a lot of uh, changes as well. Yeah. Um, you guys broke up in 2008, 2009. I know you did a solo career for a little while. Can you talk to me a little bit about that type of level of fame? You know, it seems like a fame that that you can only achieve like in TikTok nowadays. It doesn't seem like you can actually achieve yeah. that through the hard earned work of what you did. Um, Talk to me about fame and what it's like when that phenomenon of fame dies out and the reality of that illusion. How did it affect you? How did it impact you when it's here for years and then it's just snatched away? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Uh, it's really crazy. It's really crazy because since I was a kid, I always had this desire of being uh, known of people calling my name or asking me for a picture or for an autograph. And uh, I was really hoping for that, you know? And when I was a kid, I was never thinking about, oh my God, I'm gonna have money or I'm gonna be famous and I'm gonna be... For me, it was just the opportunity of people knowing who I was and being in front of the camera or in a stage doing what I, what I love to do. And I think I really, wish for it so long and so pure because I was not thinking about like money or anything uh, that the universe just gave it to me. And <laughs> yeah, it was so big because I just started with Class of 406, which was one of the main characters. And then it was Rebelde, which was one of the main characters and everything exploded. And it was so crazy because uh, 
it obviously it was not even I was not even expecting that on my dreams. You know, I was like, well, yeah, I want to be famous and I want to do it big, but not like that and not that fast. Uh, so yeah, I guess I struggle a lot with. Um, I'm really open with with people. You know, I always talk about my feelings and my 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 personal life, and that uh, that was like a, a use against me in a in certain in certain wow. way because yeah i mean you never you never get to to cover everything in this in this career and sometimes when you when you watch and you see some someone there up uh doing great you're like oh my god i wish i could be like him or i wish i could have have his life but you never know what's happening behind you know in that era mm-hmm. we were so famous uh and people uh, thought that we were getting uh, millionaire, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, but it was a different thing. It, we, we didn't have that much money. And it was really exhausting. We, we never, I didn't have the opportunity to go to my sister's wedding. Uh, my mom had a really um, delicate um, uh, surgery on her back. I wasn't there either. Uh, and it's really lonely, you know. Sometimes you just get to your hotel room, and there's no one there. Uh, and you you went through all this uh, process of just having um, all these people uh, calling your name and singing your songs, and suddenly you get to your hotel room and you're by yourself with your things, with your thoughts. And it's difficult, you know. It's difficult because it's not always what what you, you what you think it, it was gonna be. And um, I guess after RBD, when when everything uh, came to 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 being more normal, you know, <laughs> it was difficult. Yes, especially because I used to have this uh, rhythm of working and and not being in my house. And well, I can tell you that all my uh, I had, I suffer from anxiety attacks and all those things, depression. Uh, I don't think it's something that it goes totally forever. Something you learn to manage and you learn that uh, it's there, but you can, you can control it. But yeah, I mean, be careful what you wish for. I always say that <laughs> sometimes you think and you look at the glamour, glamorous part and you look at the nice part and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. But it always comes with a price. The fame always hmm. comes with a price. And it's not a cheap uh, price to pay. So New Kids in the Block came, returned after about 13, 14 years uh, to the music scene in 2008. They are still touring after all that time. Friends is coming back to HBO Max. Sex and the City uh, is coming back. Sex in the City is now <laughs> returning. When you hear that they're willing to, re- I mean, I even heard Sync is coming back, you know, uh, with Justin Timberlake. They're just kind of working out the details, but they came back for that MTV show. Is there, has there been any talks about RBD getting back together to either do a reunion of sorts on a big streaming platform, which I think would be unbelievable, uh, whether it's the novella vo- version, uh, like a limited series, 
or B, do a world tour as a return because so many people are doing it. It's part of the culture. And as you said, be careful what you wish for at first, but when you have a grasp and an appreciation for what it was and for the previous experience of it, they all say that they enjoy it so much better. Has there been any conversations on you guys getting back together? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Um, the 27, we had a, this special reunion. We were not the six of us, we were just four. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. And just, I, 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 it was that. I was like, this time, it was just one day, I mean, of recording together. And, uh, you know, we rehearsed, I was rehearsing here in Miami. And Maite was in Cancun. Everybody was in different parts. Uh, but I was like, I'm really going to enjoy this day. I'm really going to enjoy every minute of it. I mean, even if I'm super, like, tired and my, you know, because now I'm 37, so it's different. Yeah. But it was amazing. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I think it was a special moment. And we did it. And people still there. And the music about... The RPD music, that's amazing how people still connecting with it. And yeah. uh, it's amazing. And it's important right now because there's no, there's a lot of uh, reggaeton, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love reggaeton. But sometimes I think that the melody, the, the pop, the pure pop, it's just not there, you know? Yeah, so you're right. I guess, uh, yeah, I would love to. I would love to. But I, I think that we all are doing different things. Um, Anais is mom and she's not really into coming back right now. And uh, we all have different things, but never say never. I mean, we never know. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Christian, because I think it would be something amazing for the public. You know, you talk so much about being in those dark days. We had 2020 was one of the darkest years uh, of, of this generation, along with 9-11. And to have RBD come back, to have them give us that smile, to re-listen to those songs again and remind us of our childhood, uh, of those days where the world was a little different, I think would be absolutely amazing. And I really cross my fingers that you guys give us Look at least at a me, smile. I'm emotional. I'm yeah. Emotional. It's, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's just, it's, it's so amazing, you know, what you're saying and feeling that. Because when we were there on stage and then when we saw all the repercussion and all the comments and all these people saying, oh, my God, thank you for saving 2020 for me. I just remember my, my adolescence and my first love and, and my friends and the people that I get connected with, that they're still my friends now. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. And I think, too. To generate that on people, it's yeah. something that uh, is one of the biggest gifts in my life. Bueno, Christian, thank you so much. Uh, you play Matias in La Suerte de Loli that comes out on the 26th of January on Telemundo. Christian, thank you so much for being on the Highly Relevant Podcast. No, thank you for you. And before I wrap up here, here are three Latin tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. DeLorean, Mission Rizzo. 
quedarme con vos. Los hermanos Morgan y Hot Plug Beats. Tú, the Criollas. That's it for episode 148 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Cristian Chavez for coming on the show. And if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel value in what we do. Also, we have a new podcast about race and pop culture called Brown and Black with Mike Sargent and me. It's available on all podcast platforms. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.